This is the WZ Podcast with J-Rod here, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here, folks. So, we got ourselves another episode on this podcast here. So, there's a lot of good things that I'm going to be talking about, all about professional wrestling. So, let's start with the debut of AEW Rampage. Now, this show was completely awesome. I enjoyed the matches, three matches, and uh, pretty much everything else. So let's talk about the matches that they have. The opening match was for the Impact Wrestling World Title between Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. This match was unbelievably good. Now, you probably ask yourselves why would they want to do this with uh, the Impact Wrestling World Title for Kenny to drop it. Well, there is a chance because there was a possibility that this was going to happen one way or the other. But I'm not saying um, it was a good thing. Well, it was maybe because there were rumors circulating that Kenny uh, could barely hand on, can handle it with, you know, being championed from three different promotions, you know, with Impact, AAA, and of course, AEW. Excuse me, folks. Hmm. Anyway, but the match was great. Um, Kenny tried to use a one-wing angel, but of course we cannot forget the interference that came from none other than the invisible hand, or I like to call him the weasel, Don Callis. Now, Don Callis provided a distraction for the ref while the Young Bucks quietly sneaked into the match and tossed a chair. Now, Kenny was about to do the same thing what happened to John Moxley, but however, it came to no avail. It got switched over to the kill switch by Christian Cage and becoming the Impact Wrestling World Champion. Now, we are expected to see Christian uh, this Thursday on Impact. And, of course, his number one contender is going to be Brian Myers. But, however, I have that distinct feeling Kenny will cash in on his rematch clause sooner than we think or whatever the, the story is going to play it out. But that's pretty good. So what do I give this? match i give it a nine out of ten you know it was a pretty good match now the next match was more a fast-paced one this is for the tnt championship god's favorite champion Miro taking on fuego del sol now if fuego del sol won this match he gets an aew contract that was motivation but the one thing that was surprises me is how fuego was able to apply the Tornado DDT that everybody knows that he's talked about either on Dark, on Elevation, or on Sammy's Vlogs, or whatever you see him at. But that's what he's been doing the entire time. But it had no effect until Miro kicked him with the super kick and then put him in that camel clutch. And Fuego had no other choice but to tap out. And then Miro ripped off the contract. Now, it seemed like it was over for Fuego, but out of the blue, we see Tony Khan and Sammy Guevara come out. Now, it was still unclear what was going on, but Sammy had to be the one to come out and talk to him. And, of course, it is now official that Fuego Del Sol is now all elite. And to be honest with you guys, I'm going to admit it here on this podcast, I cried. Yes, I mentioned many times over. It's okay to cry, damn it. But 
I did. I cried. I literally cried because, you know, Fuego has worked real hard. You know what I mean? Like, he was one of those guys that, you know, was there for for almost a year since the pandemic. He was part of the independent wrestlers that are were mostly making their living in the independent scenes. And I was surprised that he was able to get a chance. And I don't know if that was part of the plan or whatever the scenario was, but I'm glad that he got signed. I'll explain more about the late about that later on in, in this part of the segment. Now, the next match is for the AEW Women's World Title between Dr. Britt Baker and Red Velvet. Now, there was a lot of good things on this one where, of course, Red Velvet was going after the cast of the injured wrist by Britt Baker. It was more of a psychological uh, way that we're trying to exploit a weakness. However, you cannot forget about Rebel, not Reba, was at the corner. And she got herself thrown out of the of the match. But however, the match went in back into the favor of Britt Baker with, when she put the lockjaw on her, but not in the standard procedure. Now, if you guys seen her do the lockjaw, she normally does it with her right hand. So she had to find a way to maneuver and put it on her left hand. So basically, she had to adjust it. Now, as soon as the match was over, Britt Baker was about to stomp Red Velvet with the belt. And of course, Scrit Sandlander got in the way. Now, there is no secret that Chris Sandlander would want to have a shot of the AEW Women's World title. But out of nowhere, a mysterious figure shows up, and that person is Jamie Hayter. Now, those who don't know who Jamie Hayter is, she's a British wrestler. Uh, last I heard that she was inactive because of uh, injury and, of course, was unable to travel due to restrictions down in the UK. But now she's here. No one has seen her in two years in AEW. But the last thing I do know of her, she was involved with stardom. She was supposed to go back for stardom, but apparently because of restrictions, it uh, unable for her to go back. But it's still unclear whether she will be Going back to stardom to be that because right now in this current state, stardom doesn't have any current uh, foreign wrestlers involved. The last one was none other than B Priestley, but we all know where she is. She's in uh, NXT UK as Bear Blair Danvinport. But I will talk more about her in a bit. So let's continue with this part of the AEW Rampage. Now, what do I thought about the commentators? I mean, look, I have to say I will always enjoy... Excalibur, Excalibur 40 does. Team uh, Taz, Jericho, yes. But Mark Henry, I mean, he would be good, but I feel like he could do more as a backstage interviewer or analysis in the backstage, you know, that sort of thing. But no, nothing wrong with it. I mean, what do I think? Do I think this is a good to have format? To be honest with you, I'm more of the old school, like either two or three. But four, that's just way too much. You know, unless you have a guest commentator, that's fine. But. But it's too much. Now, the, the newest talents I mentioned is Fuego and Jamie. Now, what do I think about them? I have to say, this is going to be a good thing for AEW because if you're, it, it, Fuego has been growing and growing and growing. Not only because you see him on AEW, you see him on, the, on Sammy's vlogs. And he's part of the vlog crew. And I have to say, it plays pretty well with him, you know, because people recognize him, the way he does his, his stuff. It, it kind of interests on the whole thing. Now, Jamie Hayter... I know that, that uh, she could bring another uh, flavor into the women's division. It would make the women's division in AEW a bit more interesting because I know we have seen over time that AEW are lacking in the women's division. They don't have a good, strong 
but I know they will succeed in that because they're they're growing and growing and growing. So I have to say I like Rampage. I give it a ten. You know, on this particular event. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen when they go to Chicago. And of course, you heard the rumors that's been circulating. We may see what's happening there. And we may see CM Punk since he is the local hero down in Chicago. But we'll see what happens. Let's just hope we see and hear that song. Look in my eyes. What do you see? The cult of personality. I hope they use that because it's pretty fun. Now, let's talk about what's been happening with WWE. I know we talked about the latest releases, but coming from the NXT brand. Now, you may have heard this or not. There's been now talk about making about the scapegoat. And that scapegoat there is being looked at is none other than the game Triple H. Now, some of you are trying to say to yourselves, why would W want to make him a scapegoat? Easy. There be, he's being blamed for the failure over the Wednesday Night War. Now, why is that happening? Now, I want to put this on record for everybody. I watch both AEW and NXT at the same time. Well, not the same time. I mean, same day, but different hours. Like, I'll watch AEW first and then watch NXT and then I wait the following day for the results. You know, for the... But I think the problem is this. In the beginning of the war, we noted, have noticed that AEW had the better storylines, but NXT had the better matches. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but it worked in its way. Now, for weeks, we have seen AEW win the, the viewers and the ratings. Now, here's the problem that came around, if you guys remember this. The view, the the ratings, the eighteen to forty nine demographic was the the real reason they've been winning. Now, because of this, this is why Triple H is being called the failure. Now, Triple H did admit recently of the latest NXT wrestlers that were released. That of course they um, it he had no say in it, and there's a chance they want to repackage NXT. Now, we'll talk about that in a bit. But there are those that are saying they need to remove Triple H because there are those that believe this is the guy who's going to run WWE and when Vince is gone. And I think they're saying, Vince, you're making a big mistake. This guy is a failure. Look what happened. We couldn't even beat AEW. And, of course, Vince probably would agree. But there's talk about whether if he will stay to run NXT or not. Now, personally, it if things go worse in NXT, I'm going to stop watching it. And it shows once again that they're screwing up. Now, do I blame Triple H for, for, for the failure that took place? No. The only problem I see is the fact that they cannot understand. AEW had a far more fresher show than NXT. That's the problem. You keep saying the same old shit over and over and over with WWE. That was the problem. And, of course, they're saying, we're listening to the fans. Well, looks like they haven't. But whatever the outcome is, we'll see what happens. I'm a little worried about Triple H and the fate of NXT. 
Now, continuing on more with WWE stuff, we are going to talk about what I mentioned, NXT being repackaged. What does that officially mean to some of you who are listening? The reason this means there are changes they want to make from the brand. For example, they don't want any of these wrestlers to have anything that remained in their inbred when they're trained as part of the independence. They want that part that was independence removed out of them, like the spirit of it to be removed. I mean, many of these wrestlers we have seen over the years that came from the independence, like Ricochet, um, who else have I seen? Uh, Ricochet, I'm trying to remember anybody else. Uh, Johnny Gargano, Candice Array. You know, these are people that came from the independence that made them popular, and I think that is one of the things that it's being criticized by WV. Like, they don't want any of that inbred type in their company. And I, that's what makes this exciting because we all know many of the independent wrestlers want to go to WWE, but once they get there, things don't exactly go their way. You know, for example, you go to NXT, and of course we get the part where they go to the main roster. Things don't go exactly according to plan for them. And... Because they don't want nothing remaining of the NXT be part of the main roster. And they want to remove that too. But it's kind of messed up they're doing that. But at the same time, there are rumors now they're saying, we don't want no more short people. So they don't want no more people below six feet. Except for certain wrestlers that they have right now, they'll make an exception. Rumor has it, Adam Cole is amongst them. Now, why is that that they are not trying to bring short people? There's a reason to that. Vince McMahon wants to go back to the era of the of the golden era of Hulk Hogan and all those guys because that was the era that he was mostly inbreded with at the at, during that popular time, and I understand that's how things are been done back then. But however, this is going to be difficult for some wrestlers, especially those who are high flyers. But there are short people that are in fact into how to say into that whole um, being big, you know. But right now, that's what Vince wants. So basically, they want to repackage NXT. Do I think this is a good idea? I don't know. But however, I feel that this is going to be a little more, how do I say, not confusion or angry or concerns, but we just don't know what the fate is going to be right now at the moment. But as I keep saying, we'll just wait and see and watch what's going to happen. Now, as you know, I like to talk about wrestling in every way. So I'm going to change up about things here on this podcast. I'm going to talk about factions. Now, there's two of them on my agenda that I feel I want to talk about. There are p- factions you may want to know about and you may or be interested or want to look into it. And they're both from Japan. Now, the first faction is called Los Perros del Mar de Japón. Now, if you want to know what that means in Spanish, in Spanish, means the dogs of evil of Japan. Now, this name, Los Perros del Mal, originated down in Mexico with a wrestler named Perro Aguayo Jr. Now, Perro Aguayo Jr. he's a second gen was a second generation wrestler. If you guys may have heard of him, he was that one wrestler that died in the hands of Rey Mysterio. And I don't mean that like. Literally, it was an accident. It was already been shown, analyzed. 
and all that. But Pedro Guayo was a very popular wrestler during that time. He was a far more better uh, heel than his father's ever been. But he also played the national hero when they fa when he faced uh, wrestlers who are foreigners. But his son, he was a different deal. He even formed his own faction when he was with the company from Consejo Mundial Lucha Libre called uh, CML. And he formed Los Perros del Mar. Now, over the years later, he started having more of dissension between the promoter. I'm talking about Paco Alonso. Now, Paco Alonso had made a... Uh, where there are wrestlers that he dislike or he just doesn't want to make business with. That's always been his game. But Los Perros del Mar made the decision to form their own promotion called Perros del Mar Promociones, or as the Dogs of Evil Promotions. And they had like their own championships. Even Booker T appeared on that and very other wrestlers in the independent scenes down in Mexico. And since then, and that's the reason. Now, let's talk about the current Perros del Mar de Japón. Why is there important? Now, as you know, I've talked about the junior heavyweight division on a previous episode about there was these guys known as Nosawa Rangai and this mysterious guy appeared during a, a tag team match between Stinger, the consistent of uh, Yoshinoki Os uh, Ogawa, and, of course, H Hayata. It was a match between uh, Katuro Suzuki and uh, a guy, I don't know, I forgot what was his name, but the guy was Yuya Suzumu. They were in a, bat, in, a in a tag team match because Katura Suzuki was a member of Stinger. And all of a sudden, he got kicked out. And he had a deep grudge against them. Now, since then, he began a quest, but his tag team partner betrayed him and joined Stinger. And out of nowhere, Rongai and his mysterious partner showed up. And they started shaking hands with these guys, and they began a feud with Stinger. Now, why is that? Stinger has been the most dominant faction in, of course, in all pro wrestling Noah. And, of course, Rungai and this mysterious guy, uh, whoever he was at the time, later was revealed that it was Hikuro Idaka from DDT who actually joined him. It was still unclear what they were going to call themselves. They were just, they were a name. For, for months, they've been at feud with Stinger over time. And then over time, there was a, uh, not too long ago, uh, Stinger was in the match, in a th uh, six-man tag team match between Stinger and, of course, Fully Throttle. But out of nowhere near the end, one of the Fully uh, Throttle members, Zeki uh, Yoshioki, betrayed Stinger when he kicked Yohei in the head. And, of course, out of the blue, this is what happened. He betrayed Hajime Ohara, but the reason he betrayed them was because he wanted more. He wanted more of the glory, the more of the attention of being the best junior heavyweight that pro wrestling Noah deserves, and that's why he had, he did this. Now, as soon as this happened, Ohara had no clue what to make of it, but he thought he had Yohei by his side. Now, there's another story to Yohei that no one knows about. Yohei was once a member of Stinger until he kicked out, but out of nowhere... Here comes Rongai, Idaka, and Suzuki, offering him their hand to join their little group. Now, at first there was talk they're saying there's no way Yohei would side with them because of Suzuki. But it appears Yohei decided to bury the hatchet between him and Suzuki, and he became the newest member. Now, I will not talk about what happens to her because it doesn't fit in the story. 
Now, their final member was a surprise person, and the reason they called themselves Perros del Mar de Japón. There was a match between um, members of, Ron of Stinger, um, who was it? Zeki Oyoshiki, Ogawa, and um, and Suzumu taking on Rongai and Idaka, but their surprise tag team partner was none other than Ata from Dragon Gate. You heard me, Dragon Gate. Yes, Ata, the leader of the faction of R.E.D. Real Extreme Deficiency. He showed up, but there's a reason why he was there, and why the name Pedro Zema became part of it. It turns out that Eita was part of the excursion in Mexico. He actually was part of the Los Perros de Mar down there. And he was a member. And it made perfect sense why they decided. And that's when they decided to form Perros del Mar de Japón. Now, their ultimate objection is to become the best, be taking over the junior heavyweight division in Pro Wrestling Noah. They're currently in a feud with Stinger and any other junior heavyweight teams or factions are involved. Now, who are they right now? Other than Stinger, there's, of course, um, four members of Congo who are the actual junior heavyweights. Uh, there is Hajimura and his other two friends, um, um, Hirada and, of course, uh, Koroge. They're part of that, their little group, but they are not a faction, but they seem like they should. So basically, anybody who's part of the junior heavyweight division. What do I think about Perros del Mar de Japón? I have to say it was a pretty good faction. They're not a, a version of Los Ingobernables de Japón. That's a little different. But this is mostly concentrating wrestlers in the junior heavyweight division. And that's what I like about it. And I'm asking myself, did uh, they get consent to use the name? And I, I'm like thinking because they have to. Um, I know that uh, Pedro Guayo's father, um, Pedro Guayo Sr., uh, passed away not too long ago, maybe a year or two after his son died. But um, I'm sure that Ata must have contacted someone from his family to find out if they can get their blessing to use the name because it was their name. And Ata, if you guys know this, he speaks perfect Spanish. So that explains it. But I have to say I enjoyed uh, this faction a lot. And I can't wait to see more what they're going to do. Now, the next faction, like I said, is uh, from Japan as well. This is called the Cosmic Angels. Now, you may not have heard of them, but uh, they're from the the uh, from the from Yoshi promotion Stardom. Now, what makes the Cosmic Angels something that I want to talk about? Well, I've been a fan of them when I started to understand their story, their characters, what they were bringing to Stardom. So let's begin with the, with the history of them, starting with their leader, Tam Nakano. Now, Tam Nakano, if you guys don't know this, she was part of an underground idol. Uh, I don't, cannot pronounce the name of the underground idol because I'm not very good at pronouncing names on certain names in, in Japanese. But as soon as her underground idol disbanded, one of her someone suggested her to become a wrestler. Now, at first she was reluctant, but they convinced her, look, watch a Yoshi uh, promotion. And of course she did, and she loved it, and she was trained by Yuna Namaze in Acris Girls. And as soon as her time with Acris Girl was gone, she went freelancing, and she got herself involved in death matches. But when she made her appearance in Stardom over three years ago, uh, she started joining the faction known as Odetai, which is more of the goofy uh, group that we enjoy. I have to say, many fans in Japan, including here in the U.S., prefer um, 
that version of Odetai than the newer. But as soon as that Tam Nakano, uh, at first wasn't wrestling that much, and then she played out as a manager, and then after that she started wrestling. But later things changed when there was a 10-woman elimination match between members of Queen's Quest and, of course, Odetai. Now, the, whoever's the loser, uh, the last person that's eliminated in the elimination is officially out of their faction, and that person turned out to be Tam Nakano. Now, Tam Nakano was out because she was the last one that got pinned by none other than Momo Watanabe. As soon as it was over, Io Shirai wanted to have her join Queen's Quest, but however, she was appeared and saved by Mayu Iwatani, who had two agendas in mind. One is to challenge Io Shirai for the White Belt, better known as the Wonder of Stardom which is a very popular title in stardom. And two, form a faction with Tam, calling themselves a Stardom Army. But later it was changed into, into, of course, stars. And of course, Tam Nakano took the hand of Mayu Iwatani, and, and they became stars. And over time, they have been feuding with Odetai and anybody. And of course, there were moments where uh, there was a good deathmatch uh, scenario where... Um, Tam teamed up with Io Shirai to take on members of Odetai in a barbed wire baseball exploding match. And that was a pretty good memorable match because that was like saying her goodbye to her past as a deathmatcher wrestler and, of course, a member of Odetai. Now, over time, Tam Nakana felt like she was out of favor from Mayu Iwatani. Mayu basically was putting her to the side and focusing on other wrestlers that were under her wing and one of them was Starlight Kid and as soon as things were not going her well even she pursued the white belt which is the wonder of stardom belt with a member named uh, Arisa who later retired but later she began a feud with Julia who later became the, the champion of that title now she already lost to Julia twice but this is what happened on October 3rd of 2020 she lost for the second time and of course Julia thought this will be the last time she conf she gets in her way. However, the following day, Tam Nakano had other plans. Instead of becoming a follower, she decided, I'm going to be a leader. And that's when we enter the formation of Mina Shirakawa and Unagi Sayaka. Now, how did this happen with these two women joining stardom? If you guys know this or not, in... The late, nearly mid or late 2019, Stardom was in fact was purchased by Bushiroad, the parent company of New Japan Rope Wrestling. Many Yoshi wrestlers, when they heard about this, that Stardom is now going to be a major promotion in Japan, as, as in the Yoshi world, that's when many wrestlers decided they're planning to leave their promotions and go to Stardom. And amongst them, the first one that showed up was Mina Shirakawa. Now. Mina first made her debut with Stardom on October 4th of 2020, a day after Julie, uh, Tam lost to Julia for the white belt. So because of that, they had a good match. Now, it wasn't the best match. However, Tam Nakano won that match, and that's when she asked Mina Shirakawa why did she join Stardom. And she said that her, she wants to be a real Fighting Cup uh, H champ, uh, uh, revenue champion. And, of course, Tam liked what she heard, and she extended her hand to team up for Tag League. And now, and during Tag League, if you guys know what Tag League is, um, they have the Goddesses Tag League, where 
many tag teams compete to hopefully get a shot of the Goddesses of Stardom title, which is the standard tag team championships. But Mina and um, and Tam were unsuccessful. But however, during this time, Mina became a member of Stars, unaware that Tam's plan was coming into motion. And since then, in October, in November, as soon as Tag League was over, that's when things got a little interesting. It turns out that there was going to be a showdown amongst the members of Stars. Mayu Watani, Starlight Kid, and of course Kogigan Def, who now goes by Fukigan Def, are facing off Tam Nakano and Mina Shirakawa and the mystery partner. And they, they were only referencing this partner as ZZ. Now, nobody knows what that meant. And later was revealed it was Unagi Sayaka. Now, if you guys know this or not, Mina and Unagi were part of Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling. They both left once their contracts expired. And that's when they were a successful trios defeating stars but of course they became feuding and there was dissensions between both stars and now this newly group or should i call them a subgroup called the cosmic angels this is what threw uh, members of stars out of place trying to un like feeling that tam nakano is starting to act like a traitor now over the couple of weeks between uh, november to december they have been a successful trios uh and they've been undefeated. However, they made it perfectly clear they want a shot of the Artists of Stardom titles, which is the trios that at the time was being held by Oda Tai members, Nasuka Tora, Saki Kashima, and B. Priestley. And that match was pretty good, and they were enjoying But however, they, but prior before the, that match, they lost two stars. It was between uh, Mayu, Skid, and Sayaida. But, of course, there was going to be a feud between them. Now, the, we were supposed to have... Well, never mind. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Later during that time, they hit out to... Um, what was it? Osaka Dream Cinderella, which is one of their big events, where they had a showdown. A three, a six-woman tag team match elimination. That match was pretty interesting. Now, however, in this one, it showed um, Tam Nakano was not the one who was going to win the match it became Mina Shirakawa they immediately took out Unagi and Tam right away but it was Mina who took out all three members of of stars by themselves retaining their first title defense as a trios champion however Mayu did not take this too kindly to this because apparently in their promo in the post-match Tam Nakano made it perfectly clear that Stars is that Cosmic Angels is breaking away from Stars and becoming its own faction. This set up Mayu Iwatani pissed, knowing that she stabbed her in the back. Now Mayu Iwatani has been betrayed many times, but this was different. Mayu Iwatani has been stabbed in the back many times, but this is one where in the front, like you know the saying, the truth hurts more than lying and that's what it was here out in the open hurt her but of course however in this particular match it was Mayu Iwatani Starlight Kid and Fukigen Def that were in the match however Starlight Kid made it perfectly clear that they beat them once before but instead of having Fukigen Def to be uh, Kogigen Def to be their tag team partner they picked Saeeda because that was the match where they won together 
Now, we were supposed to have that match earlier, but however, on December 26th of 2020, ironically, which was the birthday of Mina Shirakawa, her nose was broken in a match against DDM. And that's what happened. She was out of action for two months. Now, this kind of set them up uh, in, a, in a delayed of their plans within stardom. Now, however, they decided to continue to uh, do things. Now, Unagi was part of the seven-match uh, trial series. Basically, she had seven matches that she had to compete against. She had Azumi, she had Momo, she had... Um, I forgot who else. But her last match was with Surui from DDM. That was one of those hard-hitting matches. That One of the best matches I've seen with Unagi. But even though she lost. But as for Tan, she made the perfect clear that she wanted to proceed for the white belt. Now, Julia, on the other hand, didn't think she deserves it, but however, she made up a stipulation, which was, of course, um, how do I say? She'll put the title line, but made it more interesting. Hair versus hair match. Now, Tam Nakano knows how what precious this thing is, so she decided to, of course, put her hair on the line. And this took place in All-Stars uh, Dream Cinderella, which was one of the most amazing matches. Now, this particular event also had the return of Mina Shirakawa. Now, Mina did show up in the final weeks before showing up in that event as a second for all members of Stars, I mean, of uh, Cosmic Angels. But she made her in-ring return during a battle royale with Unagi, which was a really good, fun match because uh, in the, I, I was surprised that both Mina and Unagi remained at the last three with another wrestler, but it was Unagi who won that match. And it was a pretty good one. But we cannot overshadow the main event, which was the hair versus hair match for the Wonder of Stardom Belt. This match told an amazing story because it showed how Tam Nakano was going so far to finally obtain the one title that she's been trying to obtain that's eluded her for three years. And that title was the until she finally put her in the Tiger Suplex. One, two, three. It was over. It was a very hard-hitting match. I completely cried in that match. But however, I think the post-match was the one thing that clearly told a good story too. Tam Nakano was reluctant not to cut the hair of Julia. However, Julia insisted. To Tam, she was more like an honorable wrestler because she felt this was wrong. Like she feels she was taking a part of of something of Julia and it's not right in her position to do that. But of course, Julia said that everything will be fine. And I frequently couldn't, I was like enjoying this amazing story and that was made them. Now, because of the success that she had as the, winning the white belt, now we jump into the success as an artist champions. They, in the other hand, they put great successful defenses against anybody from DDM, Queen's Quest, Oditai, every last one of them. Even Oditai felt that they didn't that they are wasting their time with those titles, that they didn't care about them. Yes, they do, because they wanted to prove they are the best. And so far, they have been doing that. Now, however, recently, they was, there was a showdown for the Future of Stardom title. Now, if you guys don't heard of this, 
this is the title where there's like those who are the younger or the newer wrestlers that st stepped in to stardom. And Nagi and, and Mina were part of it. But however, there are those that question why them? Because these women are in their early 30s, 33 years old. It doesn't matter because they are showing their promise. They're those that are, are learning how to become. If you guys don't know this, both Mina and Unagi were both bikini models. And that's how it was for them. They never thought of becoming wrestlers, and they did. But the match, but the finals that led to the future of stardom is what led to become the feud. Um, cosmic Angels feuding each other. And this took place in Tokyo uh, Dream Cinderella. You see, the title itself, the future of Stardom, was vacant because Saya got injured. And that tournament took place, and the finals was Mina Shirakawa and Unagi. Now, this was a very interesting thing. However, um, what's her name? Tam had to stay out of this, and she knew that this is going to be a very difficult decision. I have to say, it, was a, it, wasn't, it was a good match, but it didn't bring up the hype. That I hope for now. However, there were talks by many people in the wrestling world that talked about saying it should have been Unagi to win that title. Now you ask me why? Unagi seems like she's been progressing more than 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 Mina because Mina took two months off because of the injury, and I, I mean it does play a good factor. But however, they started to look like they started dissension amongst each other. But Tam got them together when she beat. Um, Saya Kamatani for the white belt and somehow she got both Mina and Unagi to shake hands and hug it out. Tam to me played out a good role as a leader. Now however there were more things that's been going on. Unagi and Tam fought for the leadership of Cosmic Angels but it, it kind of becomes a little weirder with, with them and I just don't know. But it was pretty obvious that uh, Unagi likes to start things up, she like start things up a lot, even though they act this way. But Unagi has been in a very interesting match, where she had to face DDM's Asuri for the CWA uh, Undisputed Women's Championship, which is one of those ma titles that are like uh, I don't know, you know, they're not affiliated with Stardom, but it was like that. But Unagi came up short, but I have to say she put up a good match in that one. I, I think it was pretty good. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. Now, this is where we get interesting. Now, I mentioned about Unagi many times. Recently, Unagi decided to come out when they introduced a brand new wrestler named Mai Sukari. Now, Mai Sukari joined. It was part of this, uh, was, later was part of the, um, how do I say Match between Unagi. Now, before I proceed this, I want to talk about something else that was related to the Cosmic Angels. There were many fans that have asked this question. Will the Cosmic Angels expand? Because right now they've been as a trios. Now, there was a, there was talk about a fourth member. And now, if you know this or not, there is one one uh, wrestler in the roster who is not affiliated with any of the, of the factions. And that person is Lady C. Now, there were situations where I did see Lady C uh, teamed up with members of, of Cosmic Angels. Time, like either Tam or Mina or Unagi. And, of course, Mina did have a, um, a moment where she was hanging out, out, out in the ring with, uh, with, with Lady C. Now, there was a possibility that she could be eyed to join either um, 
how do I say, Cosmic Angels or Queen's Quest. But right now, there's though it's likely she could join DDM, but we just don't know. But anyway, because of this, it jumps into another wrestler named Mai Tsukari. Now, Mai Tsukari was offered a challenge by Unagi for the future of stardom. Now, this was a very huge thing for Mai, but I have to say she did put up a good match, but she could be more in improvements. Now, in post-match, Mai Tsukai, Tsukari wanted to ask to be, that she wants to join, uh, of course, the Cosmic Angels. Now, Unagi was a bit if about, iffy about it. She asked to make sure she should join Stars or DDM. But however, Tam Nakano had a better idea. She said she always wanted to make the Cosmic Angels the best unit in stardom. And now she feels this is the perfect opportunity to do that. And of course, she gave her the choice. Are you prepared for a difficult path? No matter what the difficulties are in the way. Because we know that the... The Cosmic Angels, Tam, Unagi, and Mina have put those artist titles on the line with the toughest competitors in stardom. So she wanted to hear from Mai. Is she willing to do this? And of course she said yes. So it became official that Mai Sukare now is in fact the latest and fourth member of Cosmic Angels. So this match took place recently the other day. And I haven't got the chance to see it, but I heard that it was pretty good. And it was, but I have to say, having a fourth member is one of the most amazing things to hear. So I can't wait to uh, see what they're going to do now. Now there's four of the Cosmic Angels. So I'm excited for that. But right now, there's stuff I need to do at the moment. Now, if you guys don't know this, I haven't got the chance to see uh, Trip Lucha Libre Triple A for the Triple Mania event. I'm about to go see that one right now, and I'll give you guys my thoughts in the next episode on that too because we have Kenny Omega versus Andrade, and you may have heard what happened, that Andrade's future father-in-law was there with him. But I haven't got the chance to see it. I'm not going to spoil it right now because it's going to uh, gonna happen right now. But at this time, I'll see you guys in the next DWZ time in the same DWZ podcast channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang.